Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball Tuesdays and Thursdays. I am your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, it's been a long road for us here. Around this time last year, we were kind of just starting this history series. We didn't really think much of it. It was kind of just a filler, you know, for the pandemic. But here we are now with subject number 60 out of 60. We're going to finish that off tonight and right in time for opening day. Yeah. Pod, uh, yeah. Podcast release uh, right on opening day. And it marks, you know, pretty much the end of our off season talk because, you know, we did MLB news. We did uh, history and history all done after today. Yeah. So we can get right into our last subject, the 2002 Anaheim Angels. Here we go. So going into the 2002 season, the Angels were in a bit of a tough spot. They finished 75 and 87 in 2001, which was good for third in the AL West. Keep in mind, the AL West was only four teams at the time, so they were second to last. They were 41 games out of the division. Uh, That's what's, you know, that's what will happen when the 116 Mariners are up above you. And they made, they made a couple moves over the offseason. They traded Mo Vaughn to the Mets for Kevin Apier, a starting pitcher. They also signed another starting pitcher in Aaron Seeley. And as Seattle and Oakland had both reached the playoffs in 2001, the Angels were supposed to be in the shadows of those two teams, and rightfully so. I mean, I know the A's had lost a few people, but, you know, they were still expected to do stuff. They had some very good pitchers. They had some hitters. And Seattle, I mean, what else do I need to say other than they won 116 games the year before? Uh, The Angels... They did a little something, though, off the field. They switched up their color scheme that season. If you, you think about the Angels, you think about the red jerseys. But before this, they had, like, the you know, what the, the blue ones with, like, the, the pinstripes. Yeah. 2002 was the first year that they got rid of that scheme. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think they changed up logos as well. They did. Um, from, yeah, it was they, – they added the halo, mm-hmm. I believe. So to start off the season, the Angels were par for the course. Uh, Angels got off to a pretty bad start to the season. After 20 games, they were sitting at 6-14, and 14, which was the worst start to a season in franchise history. The Mariners, meanwhile, started out 17-4. and four. So on April 23rd, the Angels were already 10 and a half games out of the division. The problem was, wasn't difficult to spot. Uh, it was the Angels' offense. Uh, which was the problem during these 20 games they ranked last in the majors in home runs with eight iso with an 090 on base percentage with a 286 slugging percentage with a 321 ops with a 607 woba with a 270 weighted runs created plus with a 61 and f war with a negative 0.7 
They were also last in the American League in runs scored with 73, RBI with 69, and offensive runs above average with negative 33.6. And before their next game against the great Seattle Mariners, manager Mike Sosha held a team meeting beforehand. The Angels look to use the words of their skipper as motivation. It truly was an important game. So before it, Sosha held a meeting. I really told the guys, hey, we believe in you. We know your championship caliber. Look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, you are capable of doing. Start believing in what you can do as an individual and what your teammates can do. He stayed nice, even keeled, and was just, hey, we got to pick it up another level, and, and the guys just responded to him. Kennedy goes, and it's stroked up the middle for a base hit. Ground ball into right field, past Olerud. Fastball drilled into left field, and the Angels lead two to nothing. Bases loaded for the Angels with one out. Vizio trying to cash in. And the 1-1 delivery is hit hard and fair right down the first baseline. It's into right field. Each hero's over to get it. One run is in. Here comes Troy Gloss. He's going to score. And the Angels lead 5-0 here in the first inning. It was just one win. So the Angels uh, respond to Mike Sosha's motivation motivational speech rather and uh they get off to a they start playing a little, a little bit better yeah so let's get into that turnaround the mariners uh the angels won that game against the mariners by a score of 10 to 6 uh so that started off a big streak for the angels two games later the angels won their third straight game backed by a grand slam by their shortstop david Eckstein. and the next day the game went into the 14th inning and the blue jays scored the go-ahead run in the top of in the top of the 11th to make it or the top of the 14th to make it five to four and in the bottom of the 14th Eckstein came up with the bases loaded ball and one strike here it comes and he swings and lifts a high fly ball to deep left field that one is out of here back to back from Pedro Borbon with the bases loaded, a fastball, and he pulled it out of here to left field. So David Eckstein with a grand slam in his second straight game as a as a sub-six-foot human who's a shortstop and not a power hitter, so pretty impressive stuff from him. And in the next game, the Angels scored 21 runs against the Cleveland Indians. They had seven walks in the game, and it remains the only game in franchise history with 21-plus runs scored and 7-plus walks. And if you want to get really specific, it's also the only game in baseball history where a team had 21 runs scored, 7 walks, 3 stolen bases, 2 hit-by-pitchers, and 2 home runs. And the Angels' offense kept it up. Just weeks later, the Angels won 19 to nothing against the, against the Chicago White Sox. And this makes the 2002 Angels the only team to have multiple games with a run differential of 19 and two hit-by-pitches. It's oddly specific, but it's pretty cool. The Angels' offense was much different during this period than in the first month. From April 24th to May 23rd, they led the majors in, 
in runs scored with 179. The next closest was 152. They led in RBI with 171. The next closest was 144. They led in K percentage with a 12.4. BABIP with a 336. They led in the entire quadruple slash line with a 315, 379, 494, 873. The next closest in each category was 292, 368, 486, 841. So it wasn't particularly close. Woba with a 375. Weighted runs created plus with a 131. And the next closest was 123. And offensive runs above average with a 42.3. The next closest was 29.6. Lastly, they led an F4 with a 7.8. They were two wins above the next best team. And three particular angels were stand out above all. One of them was Troy Gloss, who slashed 361, 447, 619, 1066 with a 453 Woba, 183 weighted runs created plus, and 1.7 F4. That F4 led the AL. Also, Brad Fulmer, their DH, slashed 377, 429, 688, 1117 with a 471 Woba, 195 weighted runs created plus. And all those stats I just listed, except for average and OBP, led the American League. Lastly, Tim Salmon slashed 308, 446, 628, 1074 for a 321 ISO that led the American League. He also had a 444 Woba and 177 weighted runs created plus. So after all this, the Angels were now 27 and 17 on the season, just a game and a half back. They made up nine games in the division within a month. A very impressive from Anaheim. And on June 5th, uh, and now we're in a segment of the Angel season where they're sticking to their winning ways. And on June 5th, the Angels played host to the Texas Rangers. Juan Gonzalez hit his 400th career home run in the second, but the Angels and Troy Gloss did everything, everything they could to bury that headline. And the further a robber falls behind in the count, it takes away his strikeout pitch. Herstead does not go, and there goes Gloss to center field. Murray back. He leaps to the Angels win. Can you believe it? So Troy Gloss puts together a walk-off home run against a division rival. And in June, the offense tore it up once again, leading the American League in Fangraphs war. And Tim Salmon was uh, probably the leader of that wrecking crew, slashing 343, 389, 610 for a 999 OPS, 426 Woba, 165 weighted runs created plus, and 1.1 F4. Adam Kennedy slashed 346, 381, 538, 919 with a 393 Woba, 143 weighted runs created plus. Garrett Anderson was also great, slashing 310, 341, 575, 916 with a, not, with a 376 Woba, 
and 132 weighted runs created plus. The Angels kept it up and finished the first half with a record of 51 and 35. And they were in second place, three games back, the Seattle Mariners. And with now we are approaching the All-Star break. Garrett Anderson was the only person on the Angels to go to the All-Star game, despite having the eighth highest F4 on the team at the break, odd representative. Uh, he slashed two, 291, 314, 514, 828 with a 345 Woba, 111 weighted runs, weighted runs created plus, and 1.5 F4 on the year up to that point. And in the All-Star game, he came up with a man on third uh, with a chance to drive in a run for the American League. It's quite a thing. Runner at second, one out, and Garrett Anderson, actually runner at third, bounces out to second, and that'll put a run on the board and make it a two-run game, an RBI ground out for Garrett Anderson, and he's been knocking in runs all season. All so Garrett Anderson, you know, putting, adding to his uh, all-star game MVP resume with that one. Nice ground out to second, driving in Johnny Damon. Uh, I believe that was Johnny Damon. But now it's on to a second-half surge from the Anaheim Angels. The Angels came out swinging in the second half, winning 12 of their first 18. And over this same time period, the Mariners went 9-9, nine and nine, putting the Angels and Mariners in a first-place tie in the AL West on July 29th. And moving into the next month, on August 12th, the Angels were two games behind the Mariners, and Anaheim had a hell of a month in August. They went 18-11 and 11 on the month, and... This may sound like a broken record, but they were led by their offense. They led the majors in K percentage with 11.5%, BABIP with 329, average with 307, and F4 by almost a full win, 7.1 next versus 6.2. Adam Kennedy, all he did was hit 404 in the month of August, slashing 404, 430, 562, 992 for a 428 Woba, a 167 weighted runs created plus, and 1.3 F4. Also, Brad Fulmer slashed 282, 371, 551, 922 for a 389 Woba and 141 weighted runs created plus. The pitching also doing a part. They had the third highest F4 in the majors during the month with a 5.0. And one of the big pitchers was Kevin Apier, who they acquired in the offseason, who went 4-1 with a 2.13 ERA in the month of August. And even better news, the Mariners went 13-15 in that month. So you'd think that the Angels be in, would be in first, but something else was happening in the American League West. And if you're a baseball fan, you know exactly what it is. But if you're not, the Oakland A's finished the month of August riding a 17-game win streak. They had taken over the division lead and were three and a half games above the Angels to start the month of September. And on September 9th, the Moneyball A's went into Anaheim for a four-game set. After the A's took the first game, the Angels were down three in the division. The Angels came back and won the next two. And in the final game of the series, Scott Spezia looked to help his team recover from a blown save and take the series. Stretch by Koch. Scott with a drive to right field. Racing back first. This game is over. The Angels win. The Angels have defeated the we are all tied. 
American League West. So Scott Spezia with a walk-off off that wall in right field. The Angels take three out of four from the A's in that series. And the Angels were going on a run of their own during the Moneyball stretch, or for the back end of it at least. From August 29th until September 17th, Anaheim won 17 out of 19, including a 10-game win streak of their own. And both their offense and defense were hot. The offense led the majors in K percentage with a 13.1, average with a 289, weighted runs created plus with a 123, offensive rating with a 22.0, and F4 with a 4.9. As for some players, Adam Kennedy slashed 377, 415, 656, 1071, for a 456 Woba, 186 weighted runs created plus, and 1.1 F war during this time. David Eckstein slashed 408, 447, 474, and 921 with a 406 Woba, 152 weighted runs created plus, and one F or one weight, one F war. Garrett Anderson slashed 338, 371, 723, 1094 for a 445 Woba and 178 weighted runs created plus. And lastly, Troy Gloss slash 254, 375, 593, 968 for a 408 Woba and 153 weighted runs created plus. And as for the pitching as slash defense, they led the league during this time in ERA with a 230, BABIP against with a 210, and left on base percentage with an 83.8. So they may have been a little lucky, but you know what? We're going to run with it because team ace Jared Washburn, he was not unlucky. He went 3-0. and with a 137 ERA during this time. Also, Ramon Ortiz went 4-0 with a 2.17 ERA. And on September 17th, the Angels were one game up on the A's for the division with 11 left to play. But then, unfortunately for the Angels, the Angels slumped their way through the end of the season, finishing 4-7. and seven. They lost the division, but they still had something to look forward to in the coming weeks. Finally, on September 26th, the Angels completed one of the greatest one-year turnarounds of all time. And the Angels have clinched the playoff spot. Last year, the Angels finished 41 games out all the way. So the Angels clinched the wild card spot, putting them into the tournament. And the Angels finish uh, their season with a record of 99 and 63. Normally, normally that's good enough to win the division, but when you're, they had to battle against that, those Moneyball A's, and uh, ended up with the wild card spot. So we're gonna take a look at our heroes in Halos before we get into the postseason. Garrett Anderson slash 306, 332, 539, 871 on the season with 29 home runs, 123 RBI, 127 OPS plus, 5.1 BWAR, and this got him fourth in the most valuable player vote. David Eckstein, the shortstop slash 293, 363, 388, 752, with 21 stolen bases for a 5.2 baseball reference war, and he got 11th in the MVP vote. Jared Washburn, Got, was 18 and six on the season with a 3.15 ERA, 206 innings pitched, and a 141 ERA plus. This got him fourth in the Cy Young voting. Also, Troy Percival, their closer, 
went 40 for 44 in save opportunities with a 1.92 ERA. That was good for a 228 ERA plus and 10.9 strikeouts per nine. This got him 15th in the MVP vote. And also John Lackey, a rookie pitcher who went 9-4 with a 3.66 ERA, 1.21 ERA plus. He got fourth in the rookie of the year vote. The Angels were just racking up these fourth places. They got fourth in the MVP vote, fourth in the Cy Young vote, and fourth in the rookie of the year vote. And these people didn't receive awards, or at least most of them didn't, but I'm going to talk about them anyway. Brad Fulmer had a very good season, 289, 357, 531, 888 slash line for 133 OPS plus and 10 stolen bases. Tim Salmon slashed 286, 380, 503, 883 with 71 walks for a 133 OPS plus. Troy Gloss slashed 250, 352, 453, 805 with 130 OPS plus. He also had a 3,100 season with 30 home runs and 111 RBIs. Adam Kennedy slashed 312, 345, 449, 795 for a 110 OPS plus and 17 stolen bases. Scott Spezio, a second baseman who transferred over to first, slashed 285, 371, 436, 807 for a 115 OPS plus. And Mike Socha also won manager of the year. But... Out of all the guys I just listed, none of them led the team in baseball reference wins above replacement. The leader in that category was a guy named Darren Erstad, who had the most complex season I've ever seen on this history show from a team standpoint. Let me just put it to you this way. Darren Erstad's 2002 season remains the only season in baseball history where a player put up a six-win season and had a sub-89 OPS+. plus. He also had a 39 war runs fielding, which was a single season record until Angleton Simmons passed him in 2017. So as of now, the second highest war runs fielding season of all time was Darren Erstad in 2002. He put up wins above replacement exclusively by means of defense, better than most anyone else throughout the game of baseball. And now we go into the playoffs where in the American League Division Series, they were facing the New York Yankees. And in game one, the Yankees got off to an early lead as Derek Jeter took Jared Washburn deep in the first. The game stayed 1-0 until Tim Salmon hit an RBI single in the third. And through the fourth and fifth innings, it was very back and forth as Jason Giambi hit a two-run home run in the fourth. And that was followed up by a two-run double by Garrett Anderson. So the game was tied 4-3, to but it didn't stay that for long. Rondell White of the Yankees hit a home run in the bottom of the fifth inning to give New York a 4-3 lead. And after this, Troy Gloss took over. And New York has. Gloss hits it to deep left field. Back at the wall. It's gone. The game is tied. Troy Gloss answers the Rondell White home run, and it's 4-4 in the sixth. Another lead blown for Roger Clemens, and he may not stay out there much longer. Into left field, well hit. Did he do it again? At the wall, Gloss, home run. And the Angels have their first lead of the night, 5-4 in the eighth. Mendoza, his second full inning of work, and he allows a lead off home run to put the Angels on top. 
So Troy Gloss with two home runs to put the Angels up five to four in this in that game. And the Angels went up, went into the bottom of the eighth with the score that way. After the first two batters were were retired on the Yankees, Ben Weber walked two consecutive batters. And after a carousel of relievers helped the Yankees tie the game on a Giambi single, Brandon Donnelly was on to face Bernie Williams. The stretch by the right-hander. And the 2-2. Swung on and hit in the air to deep right. That ball is high. It is far. And it is gone. Bernie goes boom. He hits a three-run home run to right field with two out in the eighth. A three-run dinger. And the Yankees take an 8-5 lead. So Brandon Donnelly gives up a three-run home run to Bernie Williams. That puts the Yankees up 8-5. to five. They would go on to win by that score. So a really tough loss for the Angels to begin the postseason. And now they got a revenge for that in game two. And they got off to a quick start when Tim Salmon hit a first-inning home run. They looked to tack on to the second when Scott Spezio came up. He's not been brought up. That's ripped into left field. has got a chance at the wall. 2-0 Angels. Spezio, who has become deadly against left-handed pitching this year, goes deep and a line drive home run doubles the lead. Boy, did he jump on that high fastball just like Tim Salmon. So Scott Spezio hits a home run to make it 2-0, and this was followed up by back-to-back -back singles. And then Benji Gill had an RBI chance. Not even running, and Gill floats one into right for a base hit. It's 3 0 Anaheim. Molina holds it second. Benji Gill, who had the count against him 0 2, worked it to a full count, gets the fourth. Actually, he's the fourth consecutive angel to reach. So, Benji Gill hits an RBI single, and it's a 3-0 Halo lead. And later on, the Angels added on, and the Yankees chipped away. It was a 4-3 game heading into the sixth, until the Yankees took the lead on a two-run home run by Alfonso Soriano in the bottom of the sixth. So it was a 5-4 Yankee lead, and the Angels were now in danger of going down 2-0 in the series. So in the eighth, Garrett Anderson and Troy Gloss looked to get a rally going. Anderson, then Gloss, then Spezio. Angels down by one. Angels have tied this game. Garrett Anderson goes deep, and it's 5-5 in the eighth. A silent trot around the bases here at Yankee Stadium as Garrett Anderson... It's a monstrous home run deep into the bleachers in right center field, and the lead for the Yankees and Hernandez is gone. Roy Gloss timed the game last night with a homer, and Anderson does it tonight. Way back. Into center field, we'll send Williams back at the track, at the wall. The Angels lead on a home run by 
Anaheim. So Anderson and Gloss go back to back to start out the eighth inning and give Anaheim a lead. And after the Angels got two more runs, it was on Troy Percival to close it out. Pop straight up. Who wants it? The shortstop X time. And the Angels have tied this series in a game apiece. Percival relieved. So the Angels with a huge win in game two coming from behind. And they go into Anaheim with a one-to-one -one series tie. But game three didn't get off to the start the Angels were hoping for. Ramon Ortiz gave up three runs in the first. However, they did chip away in the second on a Spezia ground out to make it 3-1. But Ortiz gave up three more in the third, and it was a 6-1 to Yankee lead. New York's win probability was at 90% for the game. So the Angels began chipping away. In the bottom of the third, on a Tim Salmon two-run double uh, to make it 6-3. to They continued to do so with an Adam Kennedy home run in the fourth. In the bottom of the seventh, the Halos were trailing by one. There was two on and two out. Scott Spezio was the batter. Two on, two out. Anderson and Gloss, the runners. There they go. Into shallow center. And in there. Base hit. It's a tie game. The Angels come all the way back and tied the game. It was 6-1. It is now 6-6. And in the eighth, Adam Kennedy led off with a double as the go-ahead run. And two batters later, Darren Erstad looked to drive him in. Garcia up in the bullpen. Curveball, base hit! And the Angels go ahead. Erstad to second. And he'll pull up there. The Angels have a lead on the Darren Erstad hit. And the next batter was Tim Salmon. Here's Tim Salmon. Curveball, a high drive deep down the left field line. That one is way back there into the corner. That ball is gone! A home run! 9-6 Angels! The Angels go up 9-6 to six with insurance on the Tim Salmon home run. They would win by that score, and they were now just one win away from the ALCS. And in Game 4, after the teams traded runs in the second and third innings, Derek Jeter hit a sack fly in the fifth to make it a 2-1 to one Yankee lead. 
And that's what it was entering the bottom of the fifth. But the Angels had something brewing. Sean has scored the only Angel run. That was back in the bottom of the third. 2-0. There's a high fly ball that's lifted deep out there in the left center field. Bernie Williams back. It is out of here. Sean Wharton with one swing of the bat has tied this thing up. It's 2-2. Well set, 1-0 pitch on Erstad. He swings and lifts the ball in a shallow center field, not very deep at all. Soriano goes back, he can't make the catch. Everybody moves up, Angels take the lead. Wells made a good pitch to Erstad and he got him to pop it up. It looked like Soriano was going to catch it the whole time he was heading back for it. Looks at second, delivers the 1-1. That's a base hit in the left center field. X-9 will score. Erstad moves to third, and the Kingfish delivers. Angels are on top. It's 4-2. Chance to do some damage. The pitch. He swings and lines the ball in the right center field. That'll drive in another run. Erstad scores. Salmon goes to third, and the Halos lead it 5-2. Two outs to pitch. There's a line drive base hit by Spezio. That'll plate Salmon. It's now 6-2. Once again, first ball swinging. It's almost as if the Angels know what David Wells is going to throw out there. And out comes his manager, Joe Torrey. They're going to make a pitching change. A five-run inning here in game four of this ALDS. The pitch, that's a line shot by Soriano. That's a base hit. Being waved around and coming in is Garrett Anderson. It's a 7-2 Angels lead. Wooten with his second hit and second RBI in this inning. And the Angels still aren't finished here in the bottom of the fifth. Glorious history in postseason play. The pitch. There's a drive. Well hit in the left field. Rivera going back. He can't catch it. The ball's off the wall. Going into third. Being waved around is Wooten. He'll score. And the Angels keep on tacking on runs. It's 9-2. to thrill they're giving this crowd so the angels with a eight run fifth inning to put the 2-1 deficit way in the rear view mirror and in the ninth it was on Troy Percival to send them to the American League Championship Series angels nine Yankees five two out two on in the ninth one ball, no strikes to Nick Johnson. Percy delivers, and it's popped up. Third base side. Eckstein, the shortstop, makes the catch. And here come the Angels swarming out of the dugout. The Anaheim Angels have knocked the American League champion New York Yankees out. The Angels... 
are going on to the American League Championship Series. The Yankees are going home empty to New York. Nine to five, the final score. Just another halo victory. The Angels slugged the Yankees to death, just like they did to every team they faced this season. And they send New York home before the World Series for the first time since the 1997 Indians did it. And some of the big performers in that series for the Halos, one of them was Troy Gloss, who slashed 313, 389, 875, 1264, with three home runs, three RBI, and one walk. Also, Scott Spezio slashed 400, 471, 667, 1167, with one home run, six RBI, and two walks. Garrett Anderson slashed 389, 421, 667, 1088, with one home run, four RBI, and one walk. Also, Darren Erstad slashed 421, 421, 526, 947, with two RBI. The Angels, as a team, had a 1030 OPS during this four-game series. The, Yan the Yankees scored at least five runs in every game, and the Angels won three out of the four. Absolutely ridiculous stuff from the Angels' offense, like we had seen all season except in the first month. Yeah, pretty wild stuff. Now they are on to the American League Championship Series, uh, facing off against David Ortiz's Twins. Uh, and in Game 1, the Twins struck first in this one as A.J. Pruszynski hit a sack fly in the second inning. In the third inning, Kennedy and Eckstein uh, both hit two out singles, bringing up Darren Erstad to the plate. Two zero. On the ground for Guzman. He'll have to play to first, and it goes between his legs, and the game is tied. On to third goes Eckstein. Rivas never came over to cover the second base pack. And perhaps Guzman realized in the last second, Steve, he was going to have to go to first base. So a run scored there in a non-traditional fashion to make it a one-to-one -one ball game, but the Twins retook the lead in the fifth on a Corey Kosky double, and that would do it for scoring on the day. The Angels failed to hit Joe, uh, Joe Mays, the Twins starter, and the Twins won that game two-to-one, giving them a one-to-nothing series lead. Then in game two, with the Angels down in the series, Darren Erstad looked to make a quick statement for the Angels. Mentality is the punter. Puts a charge into this one, right center field. Racing back, Kadire gone. 1-0 Anaheim. Erstad hitting his first postseason home run. So the Angels go up 1-0 on a Darren Erstad home run. And in the second, Troy Gloss and Brian Fulmer, Brad. Uh, Brad Fulmer, opened the inning with a double and a single. This gave Scott Spezio an RBI opportunity with no one out, 
And uh, we apologize because the sound, we'll actually turn the sound off because the sound is ahead of the video. Oh, I, I started the video like behind or like ahead. So the sound is in it and the video is in it. Um, all right, let's take a look at how this goes. Opportunity with men on and coming through big time. In the air, down the right field line, a long run for Kadire. It will fall in, a base hit, and then bounces over his head. Law scores are going to hold Fulmer at third on a blue double down the right field line by Spezio. It's 2-0, and So the Angels go up 2 to nothing on that bloop double uh, from Scott Spe uh, Spezio. And later in the inning, David Eckstein had a chance to do some more damage for the Angels. Kennedy. And now they have Kennedy caught. Mankiewicz will now come to the plate, the throw there, and the runner is safe as the ball gets away. And on to third goes Kennedy. It looked like Mankiewicz, the gold glove winning first baseman, waited too long to come to the plate. And it's 3-0 Anaheim. I think Mankiewicz had a little bit of trouble setting his feet. He sees what's happening. Now he wants to make sure he just makes a good throw. It gets there in time, but Spezio's back. So Spezio gets caught, but it works out for the Angels because it's a 3-0 ball game now. And the Angels stole that run, and Eckstein later on in the at-bat hit an RBI single. And the Angels ended up winning game two by the score of 6-3. Now in game three, with the series headed to Anaheim, after Jared Washburn was scoreless in the first two innings of game three, Garrett Anderson let off the third for the Halos. And this ball handled. Right center field. And Anaheim leads 1-0. So the Angels up 1-0 thanks to Garrett Anderson's powerful stroke and Washburn stayed scoreless until he gave up a two-out double to Jock Jones in the seventh other than that he went seven innings pitch and one earned run in the bottom of the eighth however the game was still tied at one to one and Troy Gloss led off looking to get something started for the Angels offense So Troy Gloss delivers the heroics, putting the Angels ahead by the score of 2-1. to one. 
and the Angels ended up winning by that score, giving them a 2-1 to one series lead. Then in Game 4, the game was an absolute pitcher's duel in Game 4 between Brad, uh, Brad Radke and John Lackey. And it was, a, it was scoreless into the seventh inning. After the Angels got two men on with two out, Troy Gloss looked to deliver first blood in this game. The Angels go up one to nothing on the back of Troy Gloss. And two batters later, Scott Spezio looked to add some insurance. So Spezio with an RBI double to make it a two to nothing Angels lead. And in the eighth, Garrett Anderson hit a one run, uh, an RBI single to put the Halos up three to nothing. And two batters later, Brad Fulmer had a chance to blow the game wide open. The Angels go up five to nothing on the Twins, making it nearly unreachable for Minnesota. And another two batters later, Benji Molina looked to put the icing on the cake for Anaheim. Benji Molina, first pitch swinging, drives it to deep left center field. So now it's a seven to nothing lead. Chris, we've had a countless, we've had countless how about that's on our show, but the most impressive thing will be the fact that we've covered two Benji Molina triples. Oh my god. Wow. Yeah. That's how about that? I mean, that's the biggest how about that I think we've discovered. Yeah. Exactly. We've covered two Benji Molina triples. Uh throughout the history series because one of them was his cycle on the 2010 Rangers and the other one was now. 
eight eight years apart too and i wouldn't you know if you said to me that those were his only two career he i just i actually just looked it up he had six not counting that one because it was in the postseason so probably seven we've covered about 20 percent of benji molina's uh triples and that's i'm honored that's that's wild um you know you know we're digging deep here when we're covering two not (laughs) one but two benji molina triples they don't come they're not they're hard to come by yeah they're real uh real rare you you know you can't just walk down the street and find you know sure hannes wagner is the only shortstop to have a 205 ops plus in a season but i mean we're talking benji molina triples here we got multiple of them yeah exactly like what are we this you, you're not finding this anywhere else no uh the angels ended up winning by the score of seven to one in game four giving them a three to one series advantage and in game five the twins were up two to nothing early in this game but then adam kennedy decided to take over third Mays delivers ak rips one into right field dustin moore to the wall it's gone Pierzynski and the 1-2 pitch. There's a high drive. It's lifted out there in the right center field. That ball's well hit. It's out of here. It's a home run. The second one for Adam Kennedy. And the Angels go on top. It's 3-2. to two. Santana's 0-2 pitch is hitting the air into right center field. Back on the ball, Dustin Moore. He has homered three times. The Angels lead it, six to five. Angels Stadium goes crazy for Adam Kennedy's trio of home runs. And Kennedy is the only player in American League postseason history with four hits, three home runs, and five RBI in one game. How about that? And backed by a 10-run seventh inning, the Angels were up 13-5. to And with one out to go, it was all Troy Percival. They are one strike away from the promised land, the fall classic in Anaheim. Percival leans in from a stretch. He delivers, and Prince hits a pop fly. It's Eckstein who's going to catch it. The Angels win it.
and you heard it here you heard it here folks this is david ortiz's last game as a minnesota twin now the angels are american league champions heading to the world series uh for their first time ever and Adam Kennedy was the winner of, a, of ALCS MVP. He slashed 357, 357, 1,000 for a 1357 OPS with three home runs and five RBI. Brad Fulmer slashed 333, 333, 750 for a 1083 OPS with a home run, five RBI, and two walks. Troy Gloss slash 316, 381, 579 for a 960 OPS with a home run, two RBI, and two walks. And Darren Erstad, lastly, slash 364, 364, 500, 864 with a home run and two RBI as well. And the team, as a unit, had a 2.45 ERA. Pretty good recipe for winning ball games. So now we are in the World Series, where the Angels are facing the San Francisco Giants in an all-California World Series. And in game one, the Giants took an early lead on home runs from, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Barry Bonds and Reggie Sanders. In the second inning, and okay, then those two home runs happened in the second inning. And from there, Troy Gloss looked to carry the Angels back. And Gloss gets into one to left. At the wall, it's two to one. How often do you see the best swings in baseball? The prettiest swings are by left-handed batters. Troy Gloss has a pretty fluid, even swing for a right-handed batter this season. From the sixth inning on, that's driven deep by Gloss. It's a two-run game. So Troy Gloss hits two home runs in that game, but unfortunately the rest of his team didn't do much, and the Giants ended up winning that game 4-3. to three. So for the third straight series, the Angels had lost game one, and they, they wasted no time making a statement in game two. After David Eckstein led off with a single, Darren Erstad looked to drive him in. So Darren Ursad gets the Angels going on an RBI double, and the Angels went off scoring after that on an Anderson single, a Fulmer single, and a Spezio single, which all drove in runs. And with Benji Molina up, they look for a fifth run in the inning. It's 
Vizio running from down too high to the plate. That's Fulmer, and it's five to nothing. Two mistakes on Santiago's part. Once he makes the play, then the runner's going to make it to second base. So Brad Fulmer with probably the most uncontested steal of home you will ever see in Major League Baseball. And the Angels were, got a five-run inning. The Giants began chipping away in the second by scoring four, but Tim Salmon wasn't going to let them get any closer. Waits at the plate. And clubs one into left field. Down the line. Bonds in the corner. The wall. Home run. Seven to four Anaheim. So Tim Salmon with a home run to make it seven to four. The Angels were up by three, but that lead did not last. After John Lackey departed in the fifth, the bullpen struggled and the Giants ended up taking a nine to seven lead. In the bottom of the fifth, Scott Spezio hit a sack fly to cut the lead in half. So it was now nine eight San Francisco. And after the first two Angel, Angel batters grounded out to begin the bottom of the sixth, Darren Erstad doubled and Tim Salmon walked. This brought Garrett Anderson up with two outs. Base hit. Here comes Erstad. Here's the throw by Sanders. Cut off. Tie game. Salmon's hung up. And the inning will end with Salmon caught in the rundown. Garrett Anderson delivers. Mike Socio wants him up in that situation. The Angels get him up in that situation. And he so Garrett Anderson ties the game with a clutch two-out single. Even if the runner ended up getting caught, it's still a tie game. In the bottom of the eighth, with the game still tied, Tim Salmon came up with a man on. So Tim Salmon, the longest tenured Angel, hits his second huge home run of the game, giving the Angels an 11-9 lead, putting them just three outs away from their first World Series win in franchise history. And I don't mean the whole series, I mean like an individual game. In the top of the ninth, Troy Percival was one out away from the win and facing Barry Bonds. It's a one-run game as Bonds gets his second of the series. You can see Salmon saying in the dugout, that's the furthest ball I've ever 
ever seen hit. And it's an 11-10 Anaheim lead in the ninth. It's not the... So Perry Bonds hits a ball into the black hole. Chris, we've both seen that video so many times. Neither of us have any idea where it went. Yeah, there's there's no no explanation. It just disappeared into the air. It's probably on Mars now. Yeah. So the next batter after Barry Bonds completely undressed Troy Percival was Benito Santiago. The Angels still one out away from their first ever World Series victory. They're trying to tie up the 2002 series at a game of peace. Percy ready. Here comes the 2-1 pitch. It's popped up. That looks playable. Kennedy onto the outfield grass. He calls for it. He, he's got it. The Angels win the ball game. 11 to 10. The crowd rejoices. What a show put on by these two clubs. So the Angels win a classic game two by a score of 11 to 10. Even with the Barry Bonds home run, it wasn't enough to bring the Giants back. And the series was tied one to one going into the Bay Area. And the Giants got off to a quick lead, and that was quickly tied by the Angels in the third. So a 1-1 game early. And in that same third inning, Troy Gloss came up with the go-ahead run on second. Runners are going as Gloss hits it into left field. The Angels take the lead. Going first to third is Salmon as Erstad scores. It's 2-1 Anaheim. Very aggressive by Socha. Erstad was going to score anyway, but with one out. So Troy Gloss gives the Angels the lead on the hit-and-run single. The next batter was Scott Spezio. And is on two and one. Gloss is running as Spezio drives one into right center field. That ball's going to go all the way to the wall. And even though Gloss went diving into second base, he'll score on a two-run triple by Spezio. And it's four to one Angels here in the third. So Scott Spezio hits a big two-run triple, making it a four to one Angel lead. And in the fourth inning, the Angels got another run on a Garrett Anderson ground out to make it five to one. Two batters later, it was Scott Spezio again. And hits one through the right side for another RBI hit. In to score is Salmon. Stopping at second is Gloss. And it's 6-1 to one, Anaheim here in the fourth inning. Spezio with a walk, a two-run triple, and now a two-out RBI single. So the Angels get yet another run on the Spezio single. The next batter, which was Adam Kennedy, hit another RBI single to make it 7-1. to one. And then Benji Molina looked to cap off the already great inning. There was a bad audio transfer here, so Benji Molina is going to single it over to right. That's going to drive in a run. Seems like it's going to be an 8-1 to one ball game for the Anaheim Angels. So Benji Molina with yet another RBI hit 
The Angels go on to win that game 10 to 4, putting them two games up, or well, up two games to one in the World Series. So now in game four, after the Angels were off to a quick one-nothing lead, Troy Gloss came up in the third, looking to extend that lead with a man on. One out, one on. Garrett Anderson at first base. Snow holding him on. And the pitch. Troy hits a drive into center field. That ball's well hit. Lofton to the warning track. To the wall. He leaps up and it's gone. Home run, Troy Gloss. A two-run shot. The Angels lead it three to nothing. Troy tagged that to a part of the ballpark where it's not easy to hit a home run. That one about, oh, at least 4-10, you would think. As Troy Gloss hits it out, and the Angels are up by three. So Troy Gloss hits a big home run to dead central. The Angels are up 3-0, but it was tied in the fifth by the Giants on RBIs from Rich Aurelia, Jeff Kent, and Benito Santiago. So in the eighth, the game was still tied at three. 20-year-old Francisco Rodriguez was in for the Angels, who had been dealing all postseason. He got himself into, the, into a jam and was facing future manager David Bell with one out. 1-0 to David Bell. Here's the pitch. Swing and a drive up the middle of base hit. Here comes Snow rounding third. Erstad's throw is a good one. Snow slide. He's in there. And the Giants take the lead. David Bell comes through. So David Bell. Hits a one-out go-ahead single for the Giants. That puts them up 4-3. to three. They would go on to win by that exact score, tying up the series going into Game 5. We got a good one on our hands. And Game 5 wasn't exactly a good one. It got out of hand quickly as Jared Washburn gave up three runs in each of the first two innings. In the fifth, the Angels had started chipping away. After two runs were already in, Troy Gloss looked to add on. To score is Salmon, down to second is Gloss, and it's a 6-3 game. Only because of the roof of that car out in left field did that ball stay in play and not leave the park. So Troy Gloss with a double, or would have been a home run if it wasn't for that darn car out there that puts the fence up a little bit higher. You see that, Chris? Yeah, I, I honestly can't say I, I don't love it. Just a random, just a random so obstacle. So there's that one little spot where it just dips up a little bit. Troy Gloss would have had a home run, but it really didn't make a difference. The Angels got another run to make it 6-4, but the Giants quickly got two of them back. And in the seventh, Kenny Lofton looked to put the game completely out of reach, even for the high, hard-hitting Angels. The 2-1. Ripped. Deep right field. Salmon back at the wall. Lofton digs for third. He's held there, and it's a six-run Giants lead.
thank goodness the JT Snow was aware. And so Kenny Lofton with a big hit, but the MVP on that play was JT Snow for getting little Darren Baker out of danger there. Yep, that was a, that was a close call. Way too close. Uh, the Giants ended up winning this game 16-4. to It was not particularly close in any facet. So now the Angels were down to their final game. After all this, they were just one game away from going down quietly to the Giants, but they had two games at home that were must-win. And in game six, after Kevin Apier and Russ Ortiz went scoreless, Apier was the one who, who blinked first. The Giants scored three in the fifth, one in the sixth, and one in the seventh. They were up five to nothing, nine outs away from a World Series victory. In fact, their win probability for that game was 97%. Garrett Anderson led off the seventh with a ground out, eight outs to go. Then, Troy Gloss and Brad Fulmer both singled, bringing up Scott Spezio. The count full to Spezio, three and two. Big pitch coming up. Rodriguez sets the 3-2 pitch, is belted to right field. Back on it goes Sanders at the wall. He can't get it. Home run. And they're back in the ball game. Scott Spezio, a three-run home run to right field into the corner and it's the Giants five the Angels three in the seventh so Scott Spezia with a three-run home run a huge three-run home run at that to only put the Angels down two and put them back in the game huge but that was all they'd get in that inning so they were still down two with six outs to go after after Brandon Donnelly threw a scoreless eighth Darren Erstad led off the bottom of the inning. Smack in the right. It's a one-run game. Darren Erstad with a huge, huge hit leading off the inning for a one-run game, a home run at that. Tim Salmon followed it up with a single, as did Garrett Anderson. This put the tying run on second with Troy Gloss up. Two balls and one strike to Troy Gloss. The never-say-die Angels giving their fans a thrill down the stretch. In the bottom of the eighth inning. Two balls and one strike. Nan delivers and it's belted. Left field in the gap. It's in there for a double. Here comes Biggins. Here comes Anderson. The Angels take the lead. Six to five.
The Angels come back from the dead and take a 6-5 lead on the two-run gap shot from Troy Gloss. They were now just three outs away from forcing a game seven, and it was on Troy Percival to do just that. And the Angels come back to win game six and force a game seven after being essentially left for dead after the first seven innings of that game. So now we go on to game seven. John Lackey, LaVon Hernandez is the matchup. And after both of them went scoreless in the first, Reggie Sanders hit a sack fly to put San Fran in front. In the bottom of the inning, Benji Molina looked to match that. The Thunder Sticks were booming in the crowd, and so was the Angels' offense early in Game 7 as Benji Molina ties it up. And the next objective was to get the lead and keep it. David Eckstein led off the third with a single. Darren Erstead followed that up with the same, and Tim Salmon was hit by a pitch. The bases were loaded with no one out. The batter was Garrett Anderson. The Angels take a 4-1 lead on the three-run double by Garrett Anderson. At this point, it's pretty much just counting outs. But for the Giants, David Bell led off the fifth trying to chip away. Into left center field. Erstad coming on. Diving catch for the out. One out in the fifth. And there is Mr. 39 War Runs fielding himself, Darren Erstad, doing what he does, the diving play in center field. And that was just that one out there was just one small part of John Lackey's big outing on this night. And here's the rookie, John Lackey. John Lackey, one and oh in the postseason, nine and four during the regular season. Back away. Molina. Two up. 
beloved owner of these angels. 3-2 pitch. Driven into right field. Back is Salmon at the wall. Strikeout for Lackey. And that's driven into left field off the end of the bat for Garrett Anderson. And the Giants go in order. Kent trying to get on in front of Bonds. is clear with one out. Two out. Fourth strikeout for the rookie, John Lackey. Aurelia pops it into right. Salmon waits for it. And the rookie Lackey is through five. So a young John Lackey getting it done in game seven. And he was followed up after a strong five innings by Brandon Donnelly. This postseason, that win, by the way, came in last night's game six when he worked a scoreless eighth. Not indicative of the way Donnelly has worked. Three home, three run home run by Bernie Williams. Two hop and a gloss. Bad hop and he stayed with it. One out. A one-one. Popped up. Up the shoot for Eckstein. Two out. Second and third, two out, four to one in the sixth. Inning over. The Giants threaten. A 2-2 two -two to Bell. Driven into left field, well hit. Back is Anderson. At the wall. Second strikeout for Donnelly. Often 0 for 2 tonight with a walk. In the air, deep right center field. Erstad back. Just short again. Bell just short to left. Lofton just short to right center. And so far, the Giants just short tonight. Time to stretch in game seven. Still 4 to so Brandon Donnelly gets the two strong innings, and the Angels were just six outs away. And it was up to K-Rod to build that bridge. Francisco Rodriguez. Five and one in the postseason, an ERA of 2.04. One out. So K-Rod gets the Angels a defensive inning away from a World Series title. And, of course, in the ninth, it was on Troy Percival. If Kenny Lofton gets the ball down, he can pull it. 
That's his long ball. Down and in. Driven into right center field. Dad says he has it. The Angels world champions. For the first time in franchise history, the Anaheim Angels are World Series champions. They take down the Giants in Game 7 after a great comeback in Game 6 and win their first franchise title. Troy Gloss won World Series MVP as expected. He slashed 385, 467, 846 for a 13-13 OPS throughout the series and throughout the whole postseason. He slashed 344, 420, 770 for an 1191 OPS with seven home runs, 13 RBI, and seven walks. And Tim Salmon also did really well. He slashed 346, 452, 615, 1067 with two home runs, five RBI, and four walks. Scott Spezia was great in the World Series with a 261, 400, 522, 922 OPS with one home run, eight RBI, and six walks. Throughout the postseason, he slashed 327, 424, 600, 1024, with three home runs, 19 RBI, and 10 walks. Lastly, Darren Erstad slashed 300, 313, 513, with one home run, three RBI, and one walk. So this team won the World Series, and now we get into their legacy. First of all, they outshine two superstar teams in their division. Uh, the, the Mariners, I don't have to get into. They didn't make the playoffs, but they obviously came in as a heavy favorite in the division coming off of the best season pretty much anyone has had in the live ball era. And then there's the Moneyball A's. And when you watch Moneyball, Chris, the movie makes it out to seem like once they went on that win streak, the division was over. The Angels kept it close until late September. Like they were right there with them the whole time. They beat them three games out of four in a series in Anaheim just after the win streak had already ended. So, I mean, they were doing an absolutely great job to keep themselves within the A's, and they didn't just fall right to them. They also proved that you could just hit your way to a World Series title. This team slugged like absolutely nobody else that we've really ever covered on this show. Uh, the Yankees literally scored five runs in each of the ALDS games. The Angels won all of them. The Giants scored 10 runs in a World Series game. The Angels won that game. They just hit like nobody else. And it was it drove them all the way to the title because the pitching was not their strong suit. I mean, we've definitely covered teams with stronger pitching staffs than the O2 Angels. And lastly, they kept Barry Bonds away from a World Series title. I know that that's not a fun thing to go over, but when you think of the O2 Angels, that's honestly a thing that comes to mind for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, the Angels, you know, they were very close to losing uh, in that game six. And. Yeah, pretty, pretty surprising that they were able to come back. And yeah, I mean, um, a team that comes to mind comparing them uh, to compare them to uh, in terms of, you know, a history team we've covered is like the 1993 Blue Jays. That's exactly who I was going to say. Uh, and I didn't want to bring them up, but I'm glad you did. They didn't have any like star pitching or, or anything. Um, just some guys that came up big. But yeah, it was all 
all offense from uh, from the Halos. Exactly. Uh, before we wrap this up, there is one last thing I will leave you with. I couldn't forget about the trick that this team had up their sleeve throughout the postseason and throughout game six. Five to nothing Giants in the seventh. 18 comeback wins in the seventh inning or later to this postseason. 14 when trailing by three or more. We knew if we had any outs left, we're going to keep fighting. They put the rally monkey up on the scoreboard, and this place went berserk. <laughs> our ballpark was electric. It definitely helped our guys to play the level that was needed. Base hit right field. Two on, one out. I knew we needed a spark, and I knew we needed to run on the board. I don't know whether the monkey deserves all the credit. Rodriguez, the third guy to ever appear in all of his team's games. In the World Series, it went six or more. He's been busy. Spezio 0 for 2 tonight. In one area, Rodriguez does not want to throw Spezio in. That ball down and in. Because I knew he was throwing hard enough that as long as I got the meat of the bat on the ball, it would go somewhere. I was thinking primarily line drive, something either up the middle or in the gap. Good rip by Spezio. It stays 1 and 2. You can see Santiago wanted that fastball in. You make a mistake away, it's a single. You make a mistake inside, it's five to three. And then I fouled off uh, four of them that were outside. Pretty good at bat by Spezio as it stays two and two. Felix Rodriguez is making some very, very tough pitches, keeping the ball away, trying to ride it up and out of the zone. He just would not come in. And I just kept thinking, if he throws it down the middle or in, you've got a chance. I was following balls straight back and I knew I was right on him. Full count. 18 comeback wins in the seventh inning or later to this postseason. Spezio hits one into deep right field. Back is Sanders at the wall. 5-3 in the seventh. What an incredible at-bat. I don't think we'd be standing here talking about a World Championship if it wasn't for that at-bat. I was just thinking it would be quick and, uh, and caught it on the meat of the bat, but not square enough to where I thought it was going to go out. I knew it would have a chance, but it felt like a half hour going down the first base. He finally came inside to Spezio. What a tenacious at-bat. Down and in. Felix made one just one mistake that, that whole... Uh, sequence and and Spees didn't miss it and I think that's uh, that's how focused uh, not only Scott was but our, our whole ball club during that whole series. We're a bunch of dirtbags. You just put us on the field. We just want to play the game. And when you're that style of game, um, you can do amazing things and you can become world champions. So there is no denying the effect that the rally monkey had in the clubhouse, in the stands, and on the field. I mean, that as soon as that thing showed up, it, it showed up in 2000. That's when it debuted, but it really made its impact in 2002. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, that was kind of when it definitely when it had its most impact. And it, I think uh, it, it carried on through like the rest of the decade. It did. But like when you when you think about the Angels rally monkey, 2002 is automatically what first comes to mind. Absolutely. Some yeah. people probably think it debuted like in that playoffs. Yeah, yeah. For all anyone knows, it, it could have just happened in that one year, and it was very effective. 
So that's going to do it for the 2002 Angels. Yeah, and that's going to do it for the baseball history series. What a ride. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to call it. Do you call it the STBNL history series? Do you call it the above replacement radio history series? Just call it the history series. We call it the history series. We went through a, a name change in the middle of this. We did. That's how long it went. Yeah, uh, it was pretty much a calendar year, but you know there was obviously a very big space in between the first half of it and the second half of it. Uh, I'd love to talk about how much this this series has grown, because like the formatting was very different for George Brett and the 2012 Tigers than how it was for Walter Johnson in the 2002 Angels. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, we started out, it was kind of just like, oh, we'll select these topics and we'll, we'll kind of, we'll kind of just talk to them. We'll kind of have some different pages open about them. And um, it was, this was supposed to be a more open discussion and it became very, very scripted and documented. Yeah. And like, yeah, we didn't really have, have much of an identity uh, until like maybe our third, fourth, fifth episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And then it just, yeah, became very, you know, it came like it became like a presentation of, you know, the player and a, a presentation of a team season and kind of just a, a storytelling when, you know, we didn't really plan, plan it, uh, plan it out like that. No. And I'm glad we did this. Like this was so much work for both of us. Obviously no one could really see what went on behind the scenes when we were doing all these scripts, but it was a, it was a very, very big workload. Uh, I'm happy to see, I'm happy that we don't have to do that anymore, but I am sad to see the series go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's definitely an, an era in the show's history. Uh, when I, when we look back on this uh, years from now, hopefully. Um, yeah, it'll be uh, something, something we'll never forget doing for sure. Absolutely. I, I had a lot of fun with this. I think we both became better uh, baseball analysts, baseball historians, baseball fans. Uh, I mean, we, we became better at a lot of things because of this series. And yeah. like, I think I, I owe a lot of my baseball knowledge to the last year. Yeah. I mean, historically, for, for sure. Like, uh, we didn't know yeah. who, who Al Simmons was last year. Yeah. Al Simmons, one of the overlooked Hall of like all time greats, like his yeah. op- his lifetime OPS was in like the mid nine fifties. Pretty, pretty insane. Yeah. Mickey Cochran, just making a staple in <laughs> every single, every single episode that included like the twenties, thirties or forties. And even fifties because of Mickey Mantle. Yeah. Just a, a baseball man who, yeah. Inspired the, the nickname of, of, uh, of, you know, a legend of the game, Mickey Mantle. Yeah. I mean, one, one thing that I'll point out, like I, the, the effect this series has had on our personal lives is pretty much uh, summed up by something that happened a couple nights ago off camera. So I was derping around baseball reference. And I found, I found a really interesting uh, season that Sinshu 2 had in 2013, where he had a 420 on base percentage and 25 plus hit by pitches. And I was like, wow, like that's a pretty rare combo. So I put it in the stat head. Sure enough, it's the first season since the 1800s. And there was like two or three, four other people who had done that. And I send it over to Chris. And Chris, what was your response? Uh, so there, on the list was Huey Jennings very many times and uh, Fred Clark. And I should also credit this 
because um, I was doing like sporkle quizzes uh, a, a couple weeks back and it was like uh, the man it had managers in their winningest season. So this helped a little bit, but I learned this from mostly the Hannes Wagner episode. So there were, there was Huey Jennings very many times on the list. And there was a guy named Fred Clark. And uh, ironically enough, Fred Clark was the, uh, was the player manager of the 1909 Pirates. Huey Jennings was the player manager of the 1909 Tigers. And they met up in the 1909 World Series uh, and managed against each other. So funny how those two guys on this that, is, that list. Chris says this off the top of his head. No research, no like, wait a minute. I think his first response is those two guys coached against each other in the World Series in 1909. Yeah, 100, 112 years ago. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew that Shinsu Chu could get us there? Only the only when doing the history series can that happen. Yeah, uh, yeah. The, the those were the, some of the fun ones. The just the the pre the pre integration history yeah. series ones. Some very fun. Never stories. forget when Hannes or when uh when Rogers Hornsby like had to wear a fake wig and pretend like he was a girl to play baseball. Yeah, just to get a, just to get a few bucks playing the game. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Never forget when uh, the Mariners almost had to leave town. Oh, yeah. The the Mariners. And then never forget know. Doug Strange coming through with an, with an RBI walk to tie up the game that eventually sealed their fate to stay in Seattle. Yeah, the Mariners, it, the projected, like, polling. Or there, polling there was, was two-thirds like, down. Yeah, it was two-thirds down. Um, what other uh, – what other team ones there's there there's definitely like you know joe creedy going crazy in the mm -hmm. 05 white Sox runs the uh, blue jays the blue jays having the top three uh leaders in al batting average for one year yeah that's tr that's true with uh alomar molitor and Olrude Olrude uh winning the title that's right um kent herbuck Kent Herbeck just, you know, popping up in all, all different scenarios, having a great 1991. Yeah. Mike Mordecai becoming a household name. Yeah. Steve Finley appearing on the show three times. <laughs> yeah. From, uh, from the Rockies, the Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks. The Rockies, who in the Diamondbacks? Padres. Padres. Yeah. Some, some characters. From the history series absolutely and yeah um this this episode puts a wrap puts a puts a bow on it and it's been uh almost a year since we posted the first one actually i could go on uh youtube right now and see when that uh when that first one was posted yeah like uh i i know we were i believe we recorded the baseball best baseball stats to use episode i think on april 3rd yeah and then uh did this one a week later i think we recorded it like april 10th but i'm gonna go back here um yeah and this was like the sec the second podcast we ever posted so around this time last year we were we were set uh we were making the list basically yeah uh, and now it's done. Yeah. I, who who would have known we we would have actually finished this thing? 
I mean, knowing us, we like we're two people that probably just once we make something, we gotta we gotta we gotta do it all. Yeah. Um, and I mean, who, I mean, I think the question is who would have known it would have been it would have taken this much work and we would have gained this much knowledge from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we put po- we the uh, Our first history series. Um, first history series was posted uh or first episode of the history series was posted on april 12th 2020 yeah and is now april 1st 2021 yeah um all right so i guess that gives us a good stopping point here on above replacement radio and the history series so we hope you enjoyed the 2002 angels episode and uh if you are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and want to watch the videos with us, go to our YouTube channel and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. And follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Curran. And follow the show Instagram at Above Replacement Radio. And uh, we hope you enjoyed the 2002 Angels episode and the baseball history episode, uh, baseball history series. And we hope to see you next week where we're going to be talking about 2021 regular season baseball. See you then.